Drink it in, man. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Get up, Stafford throws. It is end zone. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? It's Friday. We are back. Last uh, episode, we were talking all about uh, beating up on the Packers. We were talking some Bobby Quinn press conference. We're back here Friday to kind of give an overview of the season, talk some best and worst. Grifka, what's going on, buddy? Nothing, man. Just uh, ready to get this uh, going. I want to recap the season here. (laughs) Yeah, man. Any... uh... News and notes, I mean, I know we're still kind of uh, looking for an OC and, and had some minor things going on. What are you picking up on, Lions-related? Um, well, yeah, like you said, let's uh, start with talking about the OC. I know they're looking for a new one. I know a couple of names have been floated out already. I mean, I know it's a reading like Steve Sarskisian. <laughs> he used to coach the Falcons, and he you know, used to coach out at USC, and He's kind of been around for a little bit. That's one name I've kind of heard. I don't know if I'm too excited about that. Anybody you hear of or anybody that you wouldn't mind targeting that the Lions might uh, take a stab for as their new OC? Um, I I really don't have a big uh, opinion on this one. um, You know, I looked at a few guys that I know a few people had kind of said originally, you know, Adam Gase might be a good fit. I mean, He's done some good things and and get some glowing reviews from the Peyton Mannings just, of the world, but but he just signed with the uh, Justice hired him as their uh, yeah new yeah. head coach. Yeah, that's where I was going. He got he got hired, so yeah. he's kind of off the board. I mean, he was one I had heard the most talk, and because he was a head coach, I was sort of trying to figure out if that'd be a fit. I mean, I I guess without knowing all these names, I'm leaning towards Sarkeesian because he worked with his boy Matt Ryan and. I mean, yeah, he got fired, and yeah, you know, he's moving on. But if you look at their numbers, I mean, they were tops in offense. You know, I want to say, uh, you know, Matt Ryan was a top three, five guy in passing at least, and they had a pretty high-powered offense. They just got hit with a lot of injuries. So, you know, I'd go with him over, you know, the the Hackett's of the world coming from Jacksonville and some of these other teams. But, I mean, whoever, whoever Matt Pat thinks and whoever can work best with Stafford and get him rocking and rolling is who I want. Yeah, I just look at, I'm looking for somebody to get this offense maybe a little, a little more dynamic. I know uh Matt Pat said in the presser that he's just looking for one of those uh top top of the league run games. He's very very interested in having that. He touts how those teams go far and they make the playoffs and you know, in uh my biggest thing is I know when he brought it up he's like, "Well, look at the Rams, look at the Saints, you know, they're in the tops of, you know, running running games and all I can think to myself is like, yeah, but those teams also have dynamic pass offenses where they just can't stack the box against a the run. They have a, you know, they have a, they have a passing game that uh, makes teams have to like keep guys back, and they just can't stack the box. So if he can come up with something like that, fine. But if he's just looking to go you know, three three yards in a cloud of dust, you know, nineteen seventies, early eighties football, then uh, if he's looking for an offense coordinator to do that, I mean, I, I wouldn't be interested in that, but. Whatever uh, Matt Pat wants to do to uh, get this uh, team rolling to throw some points up on the board, because uh, we saw how they struggled late last year, and I know a few things went into that. But uh, but still, I mean that uh, find an OC out there that can you know put some points up is a is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Matt Pat, I know he also said in his presser that uh, 
they, they are at the eighth pick, but that, that trade is open, that uh, they're willing to listen for offers. Um, would you rather have the team trade down, or do you think staying at number eight to uh, get the best player available that can help them out? Which one would you be leaning for this, Derek? Well, I think it's perfect, Grifka. I mean, uh, right out the get-go, you just throw out there that – you're open for business, you're willing to trade. I mean, that's what every team does, but it doesn't hurt to do that right now. Kind of see what, what comes of it. You're waiting to see what quarterbacks and what high, high-end players come out that maybe you don't need that you could be willing to move down. Um, so I'm all for trade down, always have been, probably always will be. You know, the, the counter argument is the Lions need some blue-chip guys, man. They need some difference makers and usually get those guys at the top of the rounds and top of the draft. So... Um, you know, if they can't get a good deal with somebody, I think this is a good year to stay pat at eight and take a take a top player. Now, we talked kind of last show about, you know, who that might be or where they might go. But, I mean, this is loaded up with pass rushers and defensive linemen, and, and there's also some really good uh, skill player receivers type things that uh, are going to go upper first round type talents. So I think they can't go wrong either way they go with this thing. Yeah, I think at number eight, it's like uh, one of those picks uh, you're kind of starting to get in the middle of the round. And uh, from what I've read and uh, heard, that um, it's like top five is like where all like the real, real high-end guys are. And after that, it drops. You're at that second level. So eight's kind of like at that second-level pick. Not quite for no, sure how deep that second level is, though. So if they trade down you know, a few spots, you don't pick up another pick later, you know, a couple of picks later, if they, you know, drop down to like, you know, middle of the round, you know, like 14, 15, 16, you know, I'm not too, not too sad about that. But, uh, you know, if they stay, you know, at eight and, you know, get somebody that can, you know, help, I, you know, we, I know we talked about it last show where I'm really interested in, you know, trying to really help this defense, you know, get a pass rusher, or maybe a cornerback, you know, a good cornerback that can fall down to eight. Uh, I would, uh, I would be open to that as well. So, uh, Grifka, I, I hate to work on your math here, but the middle of the draft's 15-ish, 16-ish, not 8. And in uh, no draft nowadays in the NFL is there just like a top five and then a drop-off. You know, the drop-off is probably like the mid-third round when it comes to like good talent now in the NFL draft. So just want to let you know. Well, I want to let you know. I mean, since you want to you know, <laughs> throw that in my face. I mean, um, I don't know where your middle are, but uh, – 15 if like okay middle okay if they go right to 15 okay well that makes zero sense so um your very very top end is your first few picks of the draft that's why everybody always wants you know everybody looks to move up to get those guys you're not trading up to go get mid-round talent okay so um yeah your top end guys are like five to say like you're getting studs in the third round okay then why doesn't everybody just trade back if all that talent's still sitting there so um i think you're wrong on this one so uh We'll move on before uh, I'll before I drop one of my taglines where you hit your bell. Let's uh, let's just get back into the season review and uh, the team review on this one. So <laughs> no, 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 you're not getting away with that easy. So I was just trying to educate you, Grifka, that when you said uh, eight's kind of the middle of the round, it kind of is the middle of the round. There, there's 32 teams in the NFL, Grifka. I don't know if you know. So where's the if low end? Divide that. Round? If you where's, divide where's that the by two, that's 16. Where's the what? low end? Where, where does your low end start? Well, you talk like 1 through 10 is your top, 11 through 20 is your middle, and then 20 through the bottom is your low end? I was just I was just telling you that the middle pick isn't 8, it's 16. No, I said That's you're in the you middle the of the round. You, which, yeah, you kind of are. Uh, okay, well, I guess we have different math classes. But, uh, like, when I'm talking talent drop-offs, I mean, no, they, there's not – there's not five players and then a huge drop off. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, there's little tiers, but I said it doesn't start falling off to the third round because you still get starters there. I mean, you yeah, have... okay. There, there's there's game changers from one to fifteen or whatever it may be. Your and blue then chip there's, talent's uh, not hiding in starters. the third round. Your blue chip talent's not hiding at you know fifteen. Oh my gosh. Okay. Whatever. Okay, well, go look at the history and look at all the great oh, players that come yeah, in the second and, and third yeah, round. Let's, uh, let's look at the history also, all the bums too, okay? I mean, so that, okay, that, happened, yeah, that happened at the top of the round, at the middle of the round, in the third round. Let's look at all the bums in the top five and eight where your drop-off is. I'd love to do that. 
Yeah, well, well, fine. We can do that one time, but um, that's not what yeah. we're set up for today. But I'm, I'm sure we can go, you know, dig through the history books and uh, the last few drafts, and you know, find all find all the studs out there in the third round. You know, the onesies, twosies, and then there's plenty of guys that one either aren't on the, aren't on teams, or two, you know, they're your special teams guys. So, uh, okay. why would you come negative? Like the Lions are finally picking in the top ten again. They're going to get a top talent, and and negative Grifka acts like, oh, if they if they would only been three spots higher, they get a stud. But because they're at eight, it's the be same reason good. people are crying about them beating the Packers and falling. I mean, gosh, you this we we discussed this before. I mean, you ding, but you know, the higher they pick, the better the guy is. And you know, I I argue with you. Just because you pick high doesn't guarantee you're getting a Hall of Famer, Pro Bowler, All Pro guy. You can find those guys in the middle of the round, but this year there's better talent at the top, and it's not as deep as it has been in past years. So to say, like, oh, you can still find, yeah, you can still find studs in the third round, but um, they're not, they're not like you know, people aren't stretching. Oh, this guy's gonna fall in the third, they're gonna take him in the first, and some guys are gonna be like, well, this guy's a first round talent, who's gonna fall to the third? I mean. I'm just yelling at you because you went Mel Kuyper and acted like after the first five obvious players, you you don't know anything else. I'm telling you, already digging into this draft, you're going to get quality players in the in the mid, late there's, first round, second round, third round. Difference between and quality like, players and blue chip stars. I mean, God. okay. So everybody, everybody out there, all the Kool Aid drinkers, after pick five, you might as well turn off your TV. There's no blue chippers per Grifka. Oh well, I'm sorry. At the um, at the in the third round, we'll be looking at the Pro Bowlers. All like these new guys are going to draft. Okay, so what, by uh, Kenny Galladay. Okay, and so also who else? Like maybe our starting safety, Tracy Walker. Like maybe Graham Glasgow, who starts for our team. I Tracy mean, Walker. Went, oh wait, wait. Does Tracy Walker is he a dog? Is he established? <laughs> he, I mean, he might be. Okay, he's he, a he's a. I said he's a product. I wasn't acting like top five is the same as third round Griff. I was saying where's the drop off in the NFL draft after the third round is when you're picking more flyer guys you're taking like more chances you're supposed to get starters in the first two if not the third round that's what I was saying and instead I have to yell at you for 10 minutes about this let's move on oh no I'm gonna let you off that easy Okay, I can because, go all day and yell at you with about draft you 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 can't hold me in draft Griff. we all the people know this oh really yes <laughs> Okay, Stick because, to your lane because of like well, that's right, uh, negativity like every, every or like hating the team. You, you, every draft pick, you look like Johnny Blue Skies, and you're like, "This guy's oh, we're gonna give him talent. This guy's this guy's gonna be something just because you believe in him." And I could be like, "Well, he sucks." You know, Nick Fairley. You know, the guy was lazy at Auburn, and they took him. And you're like, "Well, he could be good. Well, could be, but chances are he's not." And yeah, he turned out to be lazy. But uh, you know, same thing. You know, I know Eric Ebron had some sort of like comeback year with the Colts, but he sucked for the Lions. You know, because all he did was talk. You know, that was another pick that was horrible. But you were all like, well, he could be good. He could be decent. I mean, just because, like, some guy in the Lions draft him, all of a sudden the guy's going to be a stud for you. Or, like, well, let's give him a chance. I mean, just because you, like, Johnny Blue Skies look at the great side of everything, and I'm like, well, he ain't that good. Doesn't just Once again, just because you say it doesn't make it true. So... Classic Grifka, everybody. He picked out a couple picks that he thinks and feels he got right and didn't look at the ones that uh, he screwed up. If I pulled up our draft history over the past five years, Grifka, we're either picking either the same or similar type players, and some of them have been good, some of them haven't. You know what I mean? You're no you're no whiz there just because you uh, say things after the fact. And oh, look just at my because, history, just because I pulled you out go some guys out on a good. limb and say everybody's going to be a stud. And then when, when they suck, you just kind of, like, brush it aside and, like, never mention it again. And, like, when I bring up, oh, oh, you're one. I mean, and then when somebody does, like, well, see, I said they were going to be good. Because you say everybody's going to be good all of the time. You never come out and say, like, well, I don't think this guy's that good. You're always like, well, th- yeah, he, yeah, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. Just what, he'll, he'll be good. And then when it happens, I mean, just because you say he's good, everyone's good. And when they turn out to be decent, you're like, see, I told you. Uh, see, I told you. But, like, you're always like, when, oh, you picked out the one that I got wrong. Well, you know, okay, if that's what you think. But you're always, like, saying everybody's good. So you going out on a limb just to state that everybody kicks butt, you know, that's not really going on a limb because it's that's your mantra with every player that they take. So, 
Okay, Griffith, you say so. But again, this is called the Detroit Kool Aid Cast, and so I'm uh, so, drinking yeah, I the Detroit Kool Aid, yeah, and, and you yeah, hate so I, everything. I need to so. be I need to be all sugar rushed on like every one of the players because it's the Detroit Kool Aid. So I should bow to the greatness of every GM who's drafted every every Lions player of all time, you know, because they could have been good when they drafted them. Okay, or just do do what you normally do, which is hate on everything, and then when it's good, wear the jersey, wear the hat, come on the show, and then talk good about them. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's fine. The way like I said, I can I can be like you, and just all of a sudden, like everybody's awesome, you know, and just, you know, so like when the one guy pans out, you can be like, oh, pat yourself on the back, that you know, because you threw out a net and said everybody was great, <laughs> and, then, and then like, oh, oh, see, I got that one, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, like I say, I think we got it pretty well documented who I picked over the last five years or so. If we ever want to really break that down of where I hit and where I missed, yeah, I would like love to do the that two one picks show. That we, you did. I would love to do that. Go back and like document how awesome like all these people are that you're like, yeah, he'll be good. He'll be great. Let's give him a chance. He'll be awesome. The last five years. No, we'll just look at the when I'm making the pick. Like if I was the Lions at the at real time, who I took and. Yeah, there's some great picks in there. There's some not so great. So no, it wasn't that I hit on 100. percent It's not like that I knew everything about all these players. I got no medical info, no nothing. But I've got a written down who I've taken. Where you just wait until they suck and you go, see, I knew that guy was no good. I told you. Like, and and then in the meantime, you just complain all the time. That's why. That's why the the Kool Aid drinkers uh, can't stand it with their negativity. Where at least at least I'm with them drinking the positive Kool Aid and trying to root on my okay. team. Okay, I mean, you're more than welcome to go get another Johnny Blue Skies guy. I mean, to like, so you guys can just pump out, you know, sunshine at everybody all the time. Just because, you know, some people speak the truth doesn't make it a bad thing. Yeah, it's the truth. You're you're right all the time, right, Grifka? We want to pull up your uh, selections and kind of see your history. You just you just don't know what I know. Like, wait till this this don't uh, know draft what season. I know what I know. I mean, what because this, draft, this makes this draft zero season, sense. After, know after what I know? 15, what insider information know any you have? You're just reading else. You're just reading the same stuff everybody else is putting out there. You're reading okay. the same stuff I am. I mean, you're not an insider. What are you breaking down film on, guys? No, you're getting secondhand information like I am. So to say, like you don't know what I know? I mean, come on already, really? I mean, you want? Oh, you're like it, it'll, it'll be proven. Oh, you're, you're comparing me to Mel oh, Kiper? Okay. I mean, I'm waiting to see you on. You know. Uh, NFL, you know, on the NFL network, I can see you standing at seven o'clock, standing next to Lindsey Rose, breaking down the draft. I mean, to say like, you don't know what I know. You're reading the same stuff I'm reading, boy. I mean, it's proven, Grifka. When we have our draft shows, you you won't have the knowledge or the insight. I know you'll just be guessing because you don't care about football as much. You just sit there and, and are negative on everybody and then pretend you're smarter. That's bottom line. I do. I do watch the the highlight reels. I do read up on these guys. I do keep the draft board going. So why would I not know more than you? I mean, you just you just try to pretend. Oh, That's I try to do. pretend to know guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I spend yeah, put my some work. I, I spend put some work in and then come find me. in the fall, like watching college football. But yeah, oh, you're okay. right. You're right. I don't know. I don't know garbage about these guys. You're yeah. you're you're right. I mean, I I don't, I don't know anything about these guys. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll I, see. But you know, because we'll go put some actual work in and do some actual work, and then come see me. Don't just watch a couple games and think you know. A couple games. I watch a couple games. Okay. Okay. I mean, if you think that's all I do is just watch a couple games, I don't know anything. Okay. I mean, I mean, if you can believe that. All you can believe that all you want. Like you're breaking down guys in the fifth round. Like, oh, I know this guy from Central Connecticut. You know, I, I saw him. Oh, because I keep a board, and I read some information that was pumped out there by some other guy. Yeah, I know you're picking, you're picking up, like, you know, film from, like, a MEAC conference or something like that, and you're breaking it down. Okay. 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 Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Let's just go back to where this argument started. You said there was a drop-off after five picks, and that just shows that you got no depth of, of draft knowledge. I mean, I, I didn't want to go as deep as we're there's going right now. There's top-end talent, and then there's a slight drop-off. I said there's the next tier. You made it sound like it was like the top of the Grand Canyon down to the riverbed. No. And you're trying to tell me you can still find you know, great talent in third round. Yeah, you can. I mean, those people are like a little more if – they, if they were first-round talent, the only reason they're going to fall in third round is if they're like, you know, somebody thinks there's troublemakers or an injury history. So to say like some first-round talents fall into the third round simply because everybody's missing them, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Nobody's, You're right. That happens all the that. time. Just, just making stuff up. Nobody said first rounders in the third. I said you can find there's a drop off in the third round because that's where you start not finding starters slash quality NFL players because the drafts are so deep, deep these days. I didn't say, oh, you're going to take a guy at eight. You get him in the third round. It's not what I said. I see ba- anyway. plenty of backups taken in the first round as well. So to say okay. that there's not a drop off of talent in the first round is incorrect. And I also didn't say that. I said there's not this huge or drop off at five to eight because that's how you sell everything. You sell it that oh poor Lions are eight. They won't get a good player like they would have at five. And I'm telling I you, never, there's probably no, fifteen players. No, that I always are good. say prospects are prospects till they do something. You're always right. like you were sitting here like telling us how great they should lose so they can get better players in the draft higher up. Right. So which right. way is it? Is it are they still going to find a great player at eight because? I remember yes. you were all like you were all Jones and from they could get like the fourth and third pick. You know, if they right. just kept losing, they'd be fine. They they would get that pick and that way they'll get better talent. But at eight all of a sudden they're gonna get the same they're gonna get the same stuff. Yeah, they'll get a great player at three or four, they'll get a great player at eight. They've got good players at twenty when they've been there because that's how the NFL draft works. Now for you, it's just oh, uh, wait till they're a three year Pro Bowler and then I'll give them credit. Like that's, that's because you get you tell them they're established. What you 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 call guys established like they're freaking studs and dogs when they've been in the league for six freaking weeks. All of us, oh, this guy's got like six games under his belt. And like he's established. I mean, the guys let let him like do something first before we start. You know, you know, calling this guy like a, a Pro Bowler. I mean, let okay. let him do something first. Just because you sure, go then. out on a limb and say, like, oh, this guy's <laughs> going to be a stud. It's Even real hard, Griff. Wait till the, the last sunny time you out and go, hey, it's sunny out. Thought, like, wow, that was really a stretch and it really panned out. You know, oh tell me that one. Yeah. Are you done? What would you say? I said, tell me the last guy you thought was a stretch round, first round pick. It's like, wow, they really reached for that guy. And then you had egg on your face about it. Grifka, I focus on who the Lions are taking, and okay, the Lions. Tell me, tell me the last Lions guy you thought was a stretch in the first round, and they panned out. But I don't know why you're just focusing on the Lions when you're so deep. You should know everybody. Go ahead, continue. Oh my gosh, you keep turning the argument. Like I don't just look at the Lions picks, but I that's my focus. And yes, I do look at the players across the board. I don't even know what you're asking because like I don't look at the Lions pick and go, No, because you're saying all all that's a reach on the bad. All I do is focus on the bad. I'm like, no, no, I just because I'm more truthful about it and say like this guy's not as good as this guy. You think I'm down on him all the time. You think I bust on him and I wait I wait four years before I call him good. I'm saying you just just because you throw it out and say this guy's good, and then all of a sudden you know like you know a few games into it you're calling this guy a dog, and established, and I'm like well let's just wait for him to do something first, you know and you're like okay. oh what four years down the road no well you're giving the guy one year I've seen a lot of one year wonders in this league. <sighs> all right, so like I always beg on you because you wait till it's sunny out and then you go hey look everybody it's sunny out. Instead of being the weathercaster that two weeks away, you go, I think it's going to be sunny next Thursday. And then when it is, people can give you credit saying, hey, that was, that was a good uh, guess that you said it was going to be sunny, and it actually was. You get no credit for walking outside when it's 80 degrees and saying, wow, it's nice out. Like, that's just common sense BS that anybody can do. So that's always been my beef with you. Now, well, what Lions play did I not think was going to pan out? I mean, I don't know. You know I didn't want Eric Ebron at the time did I try to justify him after and think he'd hope he'd be good for our team yes we've been down this road a million times carry on Johnson you got to wait two years I was telling you after six weeks this guy's a heck of an NFL running back I mean what do you want me just to uh sit around like everybody else until he's uh an all pro and then and then say it oh yeah that'll be great that'll be uh, real interesting to hear you know when everybody's like yeah the sky's blue also you know what well, I mean just because you call everybody good from the jump I mean, so really, you're like, yeah, oh, you I'm, wait till it's sunny to say it's sunny. Well, you call everybody good before they show anything. I mean, okay, yeah, I've never been critical on this podcast at all of anybody. You're right. Can we you're, move you're, on? You're, or like, you're critical we'll, after we'll the show, fact. Like, I'm we'll show what we know at, come like, draft season. How about that? Fact. We'll show draft season. Who knows? And you'll be sitting there, uh, just fumbling around looking for names and trying to figure out. And I'll be uh, on top of my game. 
okay, man. Like, like I said before, man, you just, you're ESPN, man. You're the product of the moment, man. And to sit, to act like you're like sitting down, breaking down film, like guys on ESPN, NFL network, you know, Fox sports or whatever. Okay, man. It's like, yeah. And you're right. I, I don't, I, I don't sit around and I ain't pulling up, I ain't pulling up a tape from some, you know, backup safety from Vanderbilt. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not picking up that guy. Yeah. Okay. So to act like, you know, because like I said, you're getting your same information that I'm getting. You're not an insider. You're getting the same information off the same sites I am. So, you know, to sit there and like act like that, you know, that you got all this, uh, all this information that people are calling you to give you stuff. Come on. Again, nobody's saying that. I'm telling you when it comes down to who I would have taken and the takes I have, I know my stuff. I feel like you just say oh like i would take this guy or this guy and then the lions pick ah, i don't like it and then if he ends up being good you're happy if they're not good you wait three years you go see okri i told you well, and no, I've people told are you, tired of i told you before like what i would take in the first round which guys i don't like what type of position players i don't like which type of position players i do like i've told you that so when when i'm when, when i tell you i don't want him to take an interior offensive lineman in the first round i don't care who it is and they take them i'm not gonna like the pick Sorry. Okay, and that's stupid first because picks, we took Frank Ragnarok. Offensive oh, guards gosh. are not playmakers. You can find good offensive guards in second rounds, third rounds, fourth rounds. So, no, I don't like taking a first-round pick on an offensive guard. I don't like taking a first-round pick on a tight end. I don't like taking a first-round pick on a strong safety. That's me. So, when those okay, picks are taken, well, I'm not going to like it. Sorry. Okay, you, you and then can, when they're, they're good players, you need a strong safety. Okay, fine. Go oh. ahead. But, you know, that doesn't make you more knowledgeable. Okay. If you say so, buddy. Are we done with the 20 minutes, uh, whatever we just did right there? Because, uh, um, you know, like I say, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I feel confident in uh, not only my picks over the history, but, like, my how I approach the draft. You obviously feel good about you. You know, we'll, we'll – We'll just see how it plays out. We'll we'll document this year, and the people can see the Oakery Kool Aid picks and the Griffka Kool Aid picks, and we'll see uh, what they think from there. And then hope our Lions do well. That's all. Uh, all I was trying to say is that you're uh, selling the draft quite a bit short. I think as far as how deep the talent pools are, and even if people are saying it's a weak draft, it's not because there's so many players that the Lions can use at different levels. And this draft actually fits the Lions needs in a lot of different areas from edge rushers to D linemen to uh, got some corners and got some skill players on the outside that can be helpful. And it's a deep tight end draft. So all those things line up nicely. So why we'd be selling it as, Oh, you know, we're going to have this drop off or like, there's nobody good in the third round. I just don't understand it, but that's you, that's your take. So. So Can I move on. Good in the third round. Okay. I just said there was a. T- I just said there was a talent drop off after the first five picks. You know, you're 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 going down to the second step. But you know that's but that's okay. You you think it's you think it's like endless. You know, through the first round that you know the same talent level is all there. That's that's why guys are generally slotted and stuff like that. But okay, that, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. I don't even want to talk again because I could name off 10 players probably right now that are good top NFL players. And instead, you know, you're acting like after five, you're going for a, a, a number three corner or something or a number two corner. Like, it's not the way it is. But there's still guys. You're, you said there's 10 guys, but still they're going to be ranked. And there's a drop off somewhere. These same 10 guys are not all in the same level bucket of like, there's, there's still going to be a top end of those 10 guys, no matter the 10 guys you name off. <laughs> So if the Lions didn't get number one pick, you wouldn't have been happy, Griffka, because there's a drop-off after number one. Well, yeah, there's a drop-off after anything. number one. There's a drop-off after number two. There's a drop-off after number three. There you go. Might as, just, might as well just not even pick them, huh? That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying the very high end is the first few guys, and that's what other people that I've listened from other people and what I've read. But to say, like, oh, you can't find a quality guy, no. But there's a difference between, you know, take getting all pro guys and then, you know, and there's a difference between getting, you know, guys that are that are solid. And like I said, prospects are prospects until they do something. So, yeah, you may get an all pro guy at eight. But like I said, I'll take I'll fall where the draft is wherever. 
That's why I, I always say I'll take a win no matter what, where it's at, no matter what the record is. Where you hear, you know, like you're, like you said before, you know, losing helps. You you want them to win, but if they lose, it's fine because they get a better draft pick. So you had that mantra before that you wanted to lose, but now they're at eight, and you're like, you, know, you were okay with it. Where I'm like, well, you know, there's better talent at the top end. The first five guys is, is what I've been reading, what I've been doing. Oh, we Probably are at the, same the top end, Grifka. We're at number eight overall. If we were at 15 and we could have been at eight, yes, I'd be pissed. But we're at eight. We could have been at five at the best. Who cares? You're still going to get a stud. I mean, let's move on. Jeez. Okay. Waiting. So we're nothing more to be said. Here. What's that? There's nothing more to be said. I mean, wherever you want to take us, Grifka, I'll uh, answer anything you got, buddy. Okay. Um, so I guess we'll just uh, review the team then at that. Something, uh, like you said, I mean, we Lions were able to get more of a running game this year with uh, Karrion Johnson. And uh, they got a couple pro bowlers on the defense, and I believe uh, Snacks was uh, missed out on. I do believe Snacks Harrison was a pro bowler, even though he was with the team roughly a little over half the year. But uh, he did miss the pro bowler, but but they still got uh, Slate and uh, Diggs as a uh, as a backup. And then uh, my pleasant surprise rookies this year were uh, um, Tracy Walker, Frank Ragnow, and uh, Deshaun Hand. Um, do you, uh, I guess, uh, what I what I'm asking is. Um, Obviously, we both feel Slade was deserving and Diggs. Do you think Diggs maybe should have been a starter? Are you okay with him as, a, as an alternate? And do you believe Snacks Harrison uh, was a uh, should have been to the Pro Bowl as well? Um, I mean, I, I don't care at all about Pro Bowl, to be honest. I mean, it's a worthless game, you know, other than the acknowledgement from the the fans or the, uh, you know, whoever sort of votes for it. I mean, it's just an acknowledgement that you had a good year at whatever position, but it's a popularity contest, so... I could care less. I mean, the fact that Diggs is a, I mean, he definitely isn't a, a starter in my opinion because he's not a top, you know, eight type DB slash safety in the league by any means. So just that he got acknowledgement is good enough for me. Uh, Snacks, you know, had a great year, good numbers, but again, he's a big run stuffing DT. I don't think that those kind of guys are very exciting to watch in the Pro Bowl. He doesn't have the biggest um, name or personality even though uh, you know he's a great nickname and is a good dude I mean he's not going to get picked over guys like Aaron Donald and some of these other DTs that are just highly known and bigger spotlights stuff like that so you know again I don't put any stock in it it's just it is what it is and uh, you know people are like oh the Lions didn't get many players I mean that that doesn't phase me either it's like you know we, we we know who played well we know who didn't you know, the acknowledgments just like you got a little slighted because it looks good on your resume to have a Pro Bowl or an All-Pro, whatever it may be. So I feel for the guys from that perspective. But otherwise, you know, not a big deal at all. Okay. And um, what about did uh, you had any, any other pleasant surprises that out of the rookies or maybe just the three I named off, Hand, Walker, and Ragnow? Would there be uh, anybody else? I, I realize each one of them has a little bit of stuff to work on. I know uh, Ragnow looked uh, – little shaky on pass rushing sometimes. He had trouble with stunts. Um, Walker, I mean, when he was in there, he seemed to uh, make plays, but uh, he wasn't uh, out there all the time. So uh, maybe once uh, a little more films on him, teams will know how to attack him. And uh, Deshaun Hand, um, I don't know if they were just focused on other guys when he was in there. And then uh, the, I think the injury really hurt him with um, with his development, even though it was later in the year. I mean, once again, at his position, all the snaps he could have take it could have taken would definitely have helped. Um, were there any other pleasant surprises or were those kind of like the three that uh, you would think also? I mean, those are all the main guys. I mean, it, for me, it just comes down to when you look at a draft class as a whole, you know, again, you're, you're trying to get a, long-time starter and a impactful type player in the first round. You're trying to get another, you know, impactful slash, you know, starter day one is the hope in round two and round three, you're hoping to get a starter as well. So when you look at a lot of Bob Quinn's drafts, I mean, he hasn't missed really on any first rounders that have busted out. He's only missed on tees in the second round and he's found gems in the third, fourth and fifth rounds in all types of his drafts when it comes to, 
um, Glasgow or even what Zettel did for a while here. Now he's pulling Deshaun Hand uh, with a trade up, I think, in the fourth round there. He's getting a guy like Tracy, who none of us were that high on in the in the mid uh, third, whatever it was, and, and has a vision for him to be a starter on this team. So, I mean, when you're picking out, when you can look back at a draft class and say, we got Ragnow, carry on, T-Walk, hand, and then filled in some other holes, like, that's a good draft. I mean, these players still got some work to do, but, I mean, you can name four guys that are in your starting lineup or will be in year two and are making plays. I mean, you got to chalk that up to a class because there's plenty of group teams that will only come away with a couple talents that end up sticking, and I feel like those four names um, showed out well this first year and are going to be players on this team just depending on what they had around them and what roles they find for them. But, again, I think it's another good, solid um, draft for Bobby Quinn from rounds one to five. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll have to see what's coming up here. And uh, with this draft, uh, hopefully he hits on some more players. But uh, um, rather, um, let's go into some discuss- discussion questions here. Um, just want to get your thoughts on a few things here. Um, what was a bigger surprise to you? The way the defense progressed and uh, definitely improved as the year went along, or was it the improved run game? You know, with the addition of carry-on, um, I think LeGarrette Blount would have to probably be the biggest bust of the of, of the free agent signings that uh, Quinn had. But uh, what would you find a little more, I guess, a bigger surprise? Would it be the improved defense or the running game? Um, hmm. I mean, I think our running game's improved, but I think because we didn't see it for the last quarter, basically, of the season, that, uh, you know, it's better, but how much better, you know, and, and can they withstand it? I think the old line's got to pick it up a little bit. You know, carry on's got to continue to both be healthy and get the touches in the pass game as well to really make that impact. So if I had to pick one, I mean, I'm going to go with the defense just because, you know, with Ziggy being hurt again and with these different areas, you know, that we had holes, I feel like to see what they did in the second half of the year, probably the last eight games or so, was real impressive, something to build on. You know, even Deshaun Hand, I know he's the guy that I had kind of highlighted, but I had heard good and bad things about him. I mean, to see what he was able to do. And then we were about ready to kick Sean off the team. And then he showed up big again, like the player we hoped he would be in the second round out of Alabama. So, you know, to me, the biggest surprise is the defense. And uh, they got a lot of upside. So does the run game. But, you know, if we can add a, a great defense and have a – decent to good run game, I think will be a better football team. Yeah, I would have to, I'd have to agree with you on that to say that the uh, improvement of the defense, especially the way it looked at the beginning of the year, I know getting snacks was a, was a big, big deal of, of changing that. But even some of the other guys, like you mentioned, Deshaun Hand, Ashawn Robinson, them guys coming up. Um, I think Jared Davis, uh, he progressed later in the year. Yeah, he played better as the year went on. Hopefully that continues um, going into next year. Um, still the defensive backfield. I mean, Slay played like he usually plays how I, I guess expected him to play. Um, I think he got burned a little more on a couple things this year. I don't know if that was just simply trying to make plays, you know, and, 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 t- and biting on plays, just trying to make something happen with the way the season was going. But, you know, the way the other the other cornerback played, that other side of the field was, uh, you know, r- really, really hindered them. And I, I believe that hindered them all year. But uh, the way the run defense improved um, – the way the linebackers, uh, Kennard and Davis, I, still, I think Christian Jones was a little bit of a disappointment. It seemed like a lot of games he wasn't on the field, you know, even when he was on the field. But um, I think the defense improving throughout the year was probably a bigger surprise to me than the run game. Um, I think the, the offensive line still, the right the right side of the line still isn't where we thought it would be. But like like I said, Ragnow, uh, Taylor Decker had, had a decent year. And uh, Glasgow at center, um, giving uh, Kerryon Johnson, you know, he had that little burst. Of, he could always, he was, he, he would always hit the hole hard. Um, I think he had good vision. He didn't seem to be missing a lot of holes when they were there. He knew which way to cut, to, you know, to get get the yards as opposed to uh, just kind of running into guys or cutting the wrong way and into a tackle. But uh, you know, like you said, uh, get a few guys on the defense, you know, in the draft, and maybe a you know a couple of guys just uh, patch holes in the free agency. Um, this defense could uh, definitely improve on where they were this year. So, um, 
speaking of uh, a few guys on, uh, you know, looking to improve, what uh, group, what position group, you know, we'd be the offensive line, linebackers, defensive backs. What do you feel was the biggest disappointment this year on the team where you thought they'd be better than what they actually were? Uh, quarterback. Uh, starts right with the quarterback. I mean, uh, everything goes through the quarterback now in the NFL. And uh, I thought he had the pieces, had the uh, been in the offense a few years. Um, you know, right in that prime age, you know, had showed good, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, a year or two ago where he wasn't turning the football over and making plays. And uh, we just straight up weren't good enough at the quarterback position. Now, of course, injuries and trades and all this stuff comes into it. Uh, but uh, if Matt Stafford is better, marginally better this year, I mean, we're not winning six games. You know, that's that's the bottom line. So um, that was the biggest disappointment to me at quarterback because of the expectations and because of the money we have in that position and because it all starts there on the offensive side of the football. And that's really where we weren't good enough this year. I mean, towards the back two thirds of the year, we were good enough on defense. We were good enough on special teams. Uh, we just didn't put up enough points and make plays. And you have to do that in the NFL. And number nine just didn't get it done. I mean, still support the guy. I hope he has a bounce back year, but uh, biggest disappointment is, is number nine, okay. Matt Stafford for me. Um, I, uh, I, I agree with you on that. Um, but uh, I think the one that really disappointed me was um, the tight end position. And uh, I know we had talked about this on the last show. They tried to uh, go out and actually get some big-name guys for that position, and they ended up kind of settling on, you know, Levine Toilolo, Luke Wilson. Um, you know, we, you know, I know early in the year, you know, after the preseason, I, I, I was surprised with Akeem Velez, thought he could do something, and he didn't pan out. I know you were big on Mike Roberts, and he had a, he had a few touchdowns, um, but he, he was hurt again. Um, and I know with the tight end position, I've always said it shouldn't be the guy like leading the team. I just I would take a guy who can block, can move the chains, you know, when needed him. That safety valve guy, you know, if it's third and three, you can he'll go get you five yards, you know, something like that. If you know a guy can get down the seam, make the catch, you know, I'm not looking for Rob Gronkowski, I'm not looking for Tony Gonzalez. You know, I've always said I would take somebody like um, Owen Daniels or somebody like that. You know, the guy wasn't a stud, but the guy was reliable. So um, the few guys that uh, Bob Quinn signed, you know, just trying to use as a patchwork, you could tell as the season went on, this it was it was really a patchwork, and that one really really hurt the hurt the Lions this year. Um, so I would have to say that the tight end position, you know, definitely needs needs an upgrade, and with that, I think that could only could only help Stafford, you know, next year if even if they were upgraded to somebody that could, you know, like I said, be a safety valve for him when needed. Um, with you mentioning Stafford, though, on senior point, I, I guess my, that leads me to my next question to you. Um, you know, Stafford's been around. He's, he's still, what, he's, what, 30 years old, I believe? Are going to be 30 or 31 going in this year? What, 10th year and 11th year? Um, you think at this point, do you think he, he's, hitting, he's starting to hit the, the, the downside of his career? Or do you think this year was just kind of just a bad year, kind of like a, a blip on the radar? Which, what would you call this year? Uh, well, here's my take on that. I mean, the guy's going to be 31, and I think uh, a month or two, whatever it is, birthday's kind of right around the beginning of the year here. Um, where I'm stuck is that I think after 10 years, you know, there's that adage where you're like, you know who this guy is at this point. And that's something that's said in the NFL, and it's a lot of times it is true, you know, by five ten years you you know what a player is what he can do they don't get marginally better or worse at that point but we've seen Stafford put up the numbers we've seen him struggle in big games we've seen him oh he needs this he needs that I mean the age is not a downside to me at all I mean 31 you see quarterbacks the way the NFL structure where you can't hit them you can't do this can't do that I mean the NFL is a tough game but at the quarterback position you see guys a lot of times play 35, 36, 38 years old before they hang it up if they're good and if they're um, making plays. So, you know, there's no reason that this guy can't get it going and can't be here for another handful of years or get moved on and play for another team for a handful of years and be good in the NFL at the age of 31. But 
I'm stuck between can he get back to that year when he was throwing 40 plus touchdowns and 4,500 to 5,000 yards? Or are we stuck with this robotic game manager that, you know, has to have everything go perfect for him to make plays because the NFL is an unperfect game, man. You see all the good quarterbacks, they make plays when everything's not going bright in the pocket. They throw incredible balls right on their guy, 30 yards down the field while he's covered back shoulder, whatever it may be. If number nine doesn't get back to that, yeah, I mean, I could see him being on the downside or being shoveled out of here at some point. But why can't he get back to the guy that's slinging around the yard and putting up big numbers and and helping us score 20 to – not 20, like 25 to 30-ish points a game. I mean, on average, that's where we need to be with a guy like this. And, I mean, that's my take on it is have we seen him? He is what he is, or does he have – that 2011, 2012 in him somewhere. I don't know at this point, but I'm hoping it's the latter. I hope that he can bounce back and and put up light up that scoreboard. But you know, we'll see. The age is an issue. Let's I, put it that way. I, I'm going to call this one. Um, I'm just going to call it a blip on the screen. A bad year. It was kind of there from the start that uh, I don't believe everybody in the team was buying into the Matt Patricia. I know you called it a lot. The uh, Detroit Lions, you know, golf, you know, was at the, the clubhouse um, where it was kind of laid back. They didn't like it. You know, when Patricia come in, try to rough some feathers and and um, get, get guys to work a little harder than what they're used to. So, um, you know, them trading off Golden Tate, um, you know, injuries, you know, Marvin Jones, you know, um, and like we had talked before, I think maybe Jim Bob Cooter, like, defenses figured out how to scheme against them and he wasn't adjusting. So I'm going to, I'm going to point this one to as saying it was just a bad year for him. We've seen other great quarterbacks do this in the past where they, they just, they have a bad year. You know, the numbers aren't there. Touchdowns, interception ratio is not there. And then they bounce back. And just a couple of years ago, Drew Brees didn't have that great of year passing. I mean, this year, you know, Drew Brees is back in the MVP talk, you know, and um, it's happened to other guys. We've seen it happen, you know, you know, bring up old guys. Steve Young had happened to him. Joe Montana had happened to him, and that's why they got rid of him in San Francisco and went with uh, Steve Young. Steve Young was a little younger. Joe Montana was coming off an injury. Didn't put up a whole lot of great stats. Traded him away. Happened to John Elway. I mean, it, it happens to all these guys where they have a bad year and everybody starts writing them off as, you know, are they on the downside of their career? So I'm going to paint this one as it was just a bad, a bad year. New offensive coordinator comes in, you know, tailors the game to what Stafford can do. I know, like we said, just said, Matt Patricia wants to try to, you know, get a good running game. You know, one of the top five running games in the league is what I believe he's shooting for. But still with that, you know, having somebody who can throw the ball around the yard like uh, um, Matt Stafford can, I I still believe they they need to do that as well. Um, But like you said, you, you weren't quite for sure. And it might be one of those things like next year, if he has another year like he did this year, and then we, you know, you see the numbers really start to slide. You know, in the next, you know, two, three years, it, you could point this year as, you know, as the year that, yeah, he, you know, he, he's hit the downside. You know, this is where he's on the downside of his career because in a few years he's going to be, you know, 33. You know, he, he, like you said, guys can't play till you know, 35, 36. But still, it could be one of those things where, yeah, you, you might point to this year and say, yeah, this was the year that you, you could kind of see it coming. It's like he's at the crossroads now. Will he bounce back or – Will he continue to slide? So I'm going to chalk this one up as as, as just a uh, my, bad year due to uh, circumstances around the team. Yeah, real quick, I mean, just to hit on this before we move on, like, you know, th- 28 to like 34-ish to me is the prime of a quarterback's career. So this is when he should be at his best, not on the downside, because he's, he's taken all his lumps his first two years. He has a pretty good team. Now with some talented offensive skill players and whatnot, he should be rolling. Now the only thing I wanted to throw in is like you can say, oh, it's a blip, you know, because of the stats and the production. My biggest problem with Matt Stafford is he's never won anything. This guy's been here over a decade. I mean, we only have a couple seasons of, you know, 10 wins or more. We have no playoff wins. I can't remember many big games, big moments where he – raised it to the highest level. I mean, yes, he's had some comebacks and had some games in Dallas where he pulled a rabbit out of his hat, but until this guy wins something big, I mean, and people are like, oh, it's not all on the quarterback. Well, 
it starts with the quarterback. And even in the NBA, man, there's sometimes when a really good NBA player would just put the team on his shoulders and win the game. And I'm tired of kind of saying, well, so-and-so's got to do this and that. I'm waiting to say Matt Stafford won us that game, that division, that playoff game, and preferably that Super Bowl was because of the way he played. And I haven't seen it. So that's my biggest knock on him is until he wins something and leads this team to winning, that's going to always be a knock, no matter if he bounces back next year with stats. Yeah, he's like one of those guys, like, if, if you know, heaven forbid this happens where he gets to, like, maybe only wins, like, one wild card game, you know, in the remainder of his career and it just doesn't pan out. You know, I'm not saying he wins the Super Bowl. You know, is he, like, one of those things, like, when it comes to it, you know, we can always discuss this later, you know, it's like, is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? You know, you look at all these numbers he puts up, you know, he gets his nickname, you know, you know, pad stats for, you know. So it's one of those things, he's one of those things, guys, it's like, he has a lot of stats, but is he a Hall of Famer type thing? So I, I know exactly what you're saying when, you know, with the mantra, like, he hasn't won anything, he hasn't led us to anything. You know, to say, like, you know, he's great or, you know, like you said, it's it's still kind of like you're, it sounds like you're saying to me like you're still kind of you're you're kind of like in the show me stage. You got to show me something now. You've taken your lumps. You we've given you everything now. Now you got to uh, you, you got to show us you can do it. Well, he showed me like he showed me when he came here at zero and sixteen, and he had that he had that gunslinger, and he made plays and put up numbers. That showed me something. And then he got us over the hump and got us to the playoffs to go down to New Orleans and play, but the last handful or more years, he hasn't taken it to that next level and won the big game, won the division, won a playoff game. And until he gets that next level, like the other two times when he stepped up or when he brought the franchise forward, it's kind of lost in the wash. You know, it's just like, yeah, we saw you do that. We appreciate it, but it was eight years ago. Like, what are you going to do now? So that's where I'm at with it. Um, I got one more question here. I know, uh, I didn't want to go through and do like a full grade of like every position, you know, like we did before. I was more like, I just wanted a couple final grades. What, like, where do you think this team as a whole is? Um, if you want to like grade the offense, grade the defense, I guess my question is, you know, what would, what would you give the defense a final grade for the year? What would you give the offense as a whole? And that I really want to know what you think, what, what would you give a, the coaching as a grade, you know, um, your final grades, you know, offense, defense, and coaching wise, what would be your final grades for these guys for, for the two, 2018 year? I mean, without overthinking it, like to me, the, the defense, you know, the way they played the second half and the way they played overall, even in the games they lost, you look, you know, other than a couple there, we, we really didn't get uh housed in a lot of games so I mean the defense is going to get a a B for me the offensive side of the ball is going to get a uh, C minus just uh, totally not good enough could probably even go worse than that but you know I, I like what I saw from Kenny I like what Carrion can do you know some of these players show me some things but I mean C minus B as a, as a defense with their upside and uh, from the coaching perspective I mean it's a new coach. He's bringing in new things. I, I believe this guy's won at a high level and, and is trying to do that here. So despite the record and whatnot, I mean, to me, the coach is going to be at the uh, – Matt Pat, to me, is a B minus. You know, just lots to learn, room for growth, but um, definitely not average, below average. Uh, I liked a lot of the things he did this year. I just don't like the the record and kind of the end result, but I thought he put some good groundwork there and – and don't mind it. So uh, those are those are my grades. If I had to just kind of okay. come off the top of my head, um, with them. I'll start with the offense. I will, uh, based on where I thought this offense would be going into the year and where they finished, I would probably say this offense. In, and I know I'm being real critical, and I would probably give them like a D plus. I thought this team would be able to put up some points. You know, the improved running game early on, but. Uh, where, where this offense was compared to what I thought it'd be, I'm going to give them a D plus. Um, I know there was injuries on it. And like I said, I know trade away golden pay, but still, I mean, we thought we both thought in the preseason that these guys would be throwing up some points and, you know, they were really struggling at points and it looked their, their offense looked really, really mediocre and very pedestrian. So um, I would give them a D plus now the defense. I know early on, you know, they were very porous and they, uh, were giving up yards like they were going out of style 
and um, they get snacks and they really, really improved. I'm going to give the defense probably uh, a B, you know, like you said, uh, you know, with on the upside, you know, with the arrow ticking up on that defense, a couple key pieces added here. It can be, you know, uh, you know, top, top, uh, you know, in, inside the top 10 for defense. Uh, coaching wise, like I said, first year coach um, wasn't, uh, I know, I know we always, uh, we always kind of joked about their defense coordinator, Mother Goose, kind of wondering what they were doing here and there. Don't know if Matt Patricia, you know, kind of took the reins over a little more, had a little more input in the second half or not. Um, Offense-wise, um, Jim Bob Cooter, like I said, unable to really make any changes, looked very stagnant at times. But uh, there was points I know, like, where me and you were both kind of questioning it afterwards, you know, like, you know, why didn't he use timeouts here? I, I, I don't think he was ever afraid to throw the challenge flag you know, which, you know, Jim Caldwell always seemed to have that thing glued in his pocket. But, uh, you know, first-year coach, you know, um, I, I would probably give him a C at this point. And um, with a, that, uh, if you were going to go arrow up, arrow down, I would uh, I would do, like, one of those things where you see, like, the arrow kind of going, you know, just kind of laying flat right now. I guess um, we'll go from there once they choose a offense coordinator and uh, kind of look in uh, the preseason kind of what that offense is going to run. And, um where the defense will take, you know, which way the arrow will tick on him. But like I said, first year coach, learning a lot. Uh, I'd give him, I'd, I'd put him at a C right now. Okay. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, go into a couple, a couple questions here at the end? I'm good, Griffco. Let's hit these quick and get up out of okay. here on this cool. Just cast. a couple fun questions here. Uh, this season, I know it was a little rough, but what was your best memory from the season? watching the games. So what was your best memory? Oh, I mean, just to be quick on it, I just think that that win versus New England in prime time, I mean, I think we had struggled. I think that was third game of the year, so we were 0-2. Matt Pat getting a win against his former club, the way they played. They played so good from top to bottom, looked so good that the country got to see the best of what the Lions had to offer. I mean, to me, that's okay. probably my best memory. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that to be the New England game. Uh, what uh, what's your worst memory from the season? Um, you know it just as well as I do. Me sitting right next to you uh, in Ford Field, watching that first game Monday Night Football. We're ready to rock and roll. Quandre Diggs takes it to the house. The place going crazy. And the worst memory for me was uh, everything <laughs> after that. Yeah, that was that was a painful game to to sit there and uh, and do that. Uh, I, I honestly think the worst memory for me, I know we harped on it and I know we always say it, but I think it was at that point and it kind of, it'll go into my next one. Um, my next question would be like, at what point did you realize the team wasn't going to make the playoffs? Um, my answer kind of goes hand in hand. It would, just hearing that, the trade of Golden Tate, I know Bob Quinn said it was better in the long run, but yeah. I think at that point the Lions realized and I realized like, okay, this team stands zero chance of making the playoffs. So at that point, that would kind of be my worst memory. And uh, at that point, I realized the team wasn't going to make the playoffs. So uh, at what point did you realize that this team no longer was going to be able to make a run and at least, you know, make the playoffs? Well, first off, my honorable mention for worst memory of the year was having to do that podcast with you about the Golden Tate trade where you were sky was falling, season was over because we traded a slot receiver that's 31, 32 years old and had eight games left. But anyway, when the when the season, when I thought they just weren't going to make the playoffs was, uh, what was it? They had a game against Chicago, I think it was, or even Turkey Day when they just didn't show up, didn't play well against the Vikings. I mean, I think the Vikings game tipped it and then – you know, they had won a game, I want to say, against Carolina or something, and then they went to Chicago and just got beat up and didn't look good, you know, couldn't cover anybody. I mean, that's when I felt like, yeah, this team doesn't have it right now. They're not uh, sound enough in a lot of different areas, and the record okay. spoke for itself at that point. Okay. Um, I think I might know your answer on this, but I want, I want to ask you, at, um, at, at any point in the year, did you ever question the hiring of Matt Patricia as the coach as him being, yeah, this is the coach, you know, you know, that's going to lead us to the future or, or question it saying like, this is just another dead branch off the uh, Bill Belichick coaching tree. Did you ever question the hire and think this is just not the right guy? Yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, uh, there's so many people out there and especially in the Detroit media and people like you, Grifka and others that, 
they all overreact to everything. I mean, it's this is a long game. That's why I, I back up the third round pick. That's why I back up some of these moves is because, yeah, we want to win right now. We want to play good football. We want to be proud of our team, but we want to win long term. We want to win big in the right way. And, uh, you know, to me, Matt Pat's he's done that with the Patriots. He's he's building. He has a lot of country club to tear down before he can build up uh, a nicer building. So, you know, I was I was on his side with everything. Now, did he learn some things? And did he, you know, have a little few bumps in the road here or there? Of course, but everybody does. That's both on a new job or that's kind of coming into a new culture. But, you know, just so sick of the Dave Burkett's and these people that want to just run a guy out of town because he has some struggles in the beginning of the year. You got to let things play out, man, and you got to project forward. As I always say, like, if this guy – I don't see this guy falling on his face the next three years – and then, uh, you know, booting him out of town. I feel like he'll get it together here in year two. And then hopefully, you know, all goes well. Year three, four is where you see the best of this guy and this team. So we'll see if I'm right or not. I mean, I mean, you know, you've talked to me. And like you said, guys like me doubting it. But it would be like those games where they seem to be playing down to their competition. And then they'd show up against, you know, New England and, you know, Green Bay early on. And even though they lost that Rams game, I mean, they came out with a solid plan and they hung with that team for a long time. And so it's, it's games like that where it bounce back. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe this guy is something. But then, like you said, they go into Chicago and Chicago just, you know, you know, takes them behind the woodshed and just beats the daylights out of them. They have the game against Seattle at home and, and Seattle just kind of comes out and just, you know, I mean, Detroit was in that game really early. Then they just, when it went, it fell hard pretty fast. So, it's it's one of those things, like you said, first year coach, and in those games where they're just getting housed, it's just like, gosh, man, what we've seen this all the time. But then it comes back with games against like the Rams. You know, he could have let the team mail it in the last week of the season. Me and you were just both thought the Green Bay game they're just going to get housed, big deal. And the, and yeah, that team that team showed a lot of fight. Even you know, and, you know, Green Bay did it. You know, too bad for Green Bay. You know, he could have had the Lions team mail it in too, but they went out there and they really beat the crap out of him. So, yeah, like you said, next couple of years, you know, get the ship right and, um, you know, lead this team, you know, deep. As, like everyone mentions, Bill Belichick's first year in New England wasn't that great either, and look where he is now. So, hopefully it's one of those things. It's just, uh, you know, he's a sapling. You know, next couple of years he's going to grow into a mighty oak tree. So, we'll go from there. Did, did you course, say not, not that great, great, great Grifka? Um, I just want to throw one quick thing out. Like if you go back and listen to our shows preseason or whatever, there's one time we had a talk, me, you and Hughes on the the conference call we had where I said, what if this team stumbles and goes like six and 10, five wins, seven wins, something like that. Like, what were you guys thinking? You and Hughes are both on the side. Oh man, I'm going to be pissed. It's not good enough. Like that's unacceptable. And I know I'm on record as saying like, Hey, I could see it just because, as a new coach coming in, he's bringing in a new scheme, new everything. Like it might take a little time. And that's why I've kind of been disappointed with the year, but also it, it hasn't totally shocked me. So, you know, I don't want to keep losing or keep this learning curve, but I, I know I said even before the year that, you know, this wasn't out of the realm of possibility when you're coming into a place like this, trying to change everything and trying to get it all turned around. So like I said, I'm with you. Like we just got to hope that, um, gets it together and and you know if, if we have Marv carry on and uh, a couple other defensive players uh, your boy Ziggy like you know we're not six wins you know this year we're more in that eight range nine if we're lucky so you know that's the NFL can go either way you know any given and Sunday. Then, uh, just one one quick question um you know with uh the Lions not making the playoffs and like you know other years where they don't do you ever kind of pick up another team and just kind of root for them you know, say, like, I, I want this team to do well. I, I, I'd like to see this team win the Super Bowl. You ever do that? Uh, I don't I don't necessarily pick one team. I mean, the way I've always worked is, like, if if my team is on whether, whatever sport it may be, you know, I'm usually invested in and want to catch that game. And because of fantasy football and whatnot, you know, that keeps me engaged with the other teams and stuff that are going on. But I've never really been able to root for other teams, per se. But, like, this year – you know, some friends will hit me up. Who do you think is going to make the Super Bowl? And the only way I really judge it is I'm like, man, when it comes down, when I have no rooting interest and no, like, fantasy on the line or whatever it may be, like, I'm just rooting for the 
again, get your ESPN ready, Griffith, because I root for the the top players on the top teams that are the most exciting and that are the most fun to watch to get there. So my easy answer was, who do you want to make the Super Bowl? Rams and Chiefs, baby. That would be a heck of a ball game to watch with a lot of firepower all over the field. And uh, that's who I root for. Maybe I'll root for like a guy like Tom Brady just because – uh, the Michigan ties and just being the greatest of all time. He's fun to watch, just never loses, always finds a way, that type of thing. But no, I usually don't latch on to like one team and pull for them. Really. It's just more for fun matchups and good games or for a player to get over the hump or to keep winning. So that's okay. kind of how I do it. Um, I guess with me, I always kind of root for that team that I guess has like never done it. You know, I guess they always kind of, you know, you know me, I was kind of get, get tired of hearing about the, Green Bay Packers and Pittsburgh Steelers and, you know, the Cowboys. And, you know, so this year with the playoffs, I don't think there's really that team out there that is just like, oh, these guys have never done. I'd really like to see them. You know, um, like the year the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl. It was one of those things like when they were rolling, it's like, yeah, go, yeah, go, man. This team's never done anything. It's, it's, it's something like that's great to see. And so I'll hook on to a team like that, you know, um, but, you know, with, like, who's in the playoffs this year? I mean, like you said, this year I'm just kind of hoping to see, like, good games. And, uh, like you said, uh, Rams, Rams, uh, Chiefs would be a great Super Bowl. I think early preseason I picked uh, Rams, Patriots. I think you picked Chargers. I can't remember who you picked on the NFC, but even the Chargers offense, that would be, you know, kind of cool to say, like, you know, to see that, you know, uh, that team can put up points and they're a pretty good yeah. defense as well. So, you know, it might be those guys. I, I'm just like, like you said, Chargers never won it. You know, it might be one of those teams like, yeah, come on. I mean, like you said, Tom Brady, a big time Brady fan because he went to Michigan, you know, to, uh, you know, I, you know, see him, you know, win again. I, I'm always cool with that. But, uh, you know, like the Chargers might be one of those teams I like, you know, kind of hook on to and say like, come on, just go win something because you've never done it before. You know, I realize they made a Super Bowl, but still they, they've never won it. So that'd be kind of cool to see. Yeah, man, I'm with you. Playoff football, uh, watching it this year. Hopefully, our uh, Detroit Kool-Aid ran it yeah. next year. So um, that's all I got. Uh, the, got anything else about before uh, we close up shop here? Well, Griff, I want to talk about the draft. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, let's go. Let's go ahead and get up out of here, everybody. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. Please uh, check us out. We're going to. Uh, be coming at you. Me and Griff are still trying to figure out the kind of off-season schedule, how to attack things. We'll probably be coming to you with uh, game reviews where we're pulling up the condensed version of uh, the season's games, maybe breaking it down a little bit more. We also have some ideas about maybe doing a real GM type of contest where me and Griff are cutting players and kind of working salary cap against each other and kind of seeing who can – um, you know, put the best Lions team out there in a virtual sense. And then uh, obviously we have tons of draft coverage, tons of free agency, all that stuff. So look forward to it. We'll, we'll give you some more updates once we get our schedule all, all buttoned up. But uh, for me and for Grifka and for Detroit Kool-Aid cast, uh, we're going to get up out of here. Everybody have a great week. We'll check you next week. We're out. Drink it in, man.